following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Outsider Show. Congratulations. You played yourself. Yeah, I guess who's back? I'm Leo. That's Mario. The heel, the heel, the heel, the that they shun the anti-hero, the IWC, the boy, Mr. Radar, and our third man, he has an addiction for concentration for the Super City, bitch. Yo, 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 let me speak on this. What's going on? What was that, an addiction to what? You have an addiction for contradiction. I like that. I like oh. that. I like that. Oh, I got it. I got it. <laughs> I, got I, may it, got not, it? I may or may not contradict myself sometimes. That, it's all good. I thought you said crotch addiction. I was like, God damn. Contradiction. Bueh. You got it? You got it? Bueh. I got it. He got it. Te lo explico. Te lo explico. No. What's up, guys? What's going not on? Much, not much. What? I'm actually I'm catching up right now. I got NXT on right now. <laughs> and this guy that's wrestling Swerve Scott, I didn't see his entrance. Is this Fantasma? Hijo de Fantasma. Yeah, okay. His his um his outfit looks like the revolting blob from one of those Adam Sandler movies. I think that was like um Billy Madison, the purple. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I got it. I got it. Yeah, he yeah. does. He does look a little bit like it. Yeah, does the revolting blob. Like I was like, oh my god, what's he doing, bro? You know, he well, modified his mask a little bit. He he's not wearing the same mask he was wearing back in Mexico because he can't. Yeah. yeah, you know, he gets a pass because he he's a dope wrestler. But geez, man, the the similarity just threw me off for a second. I was like, yo, is he going for that or what? Like. Nah, I think we I think that's just uh you know WWE being WWE. Yeah. You know what would look good? If he looks like that Billy Madison character. <laughs> Some good shit. All right. So before we start, hold on. Oh, what's up, Leo, by the way? What's going on? What's uh, everything? We're here. We're on Instagram Live. What up to everybody is there with us? Fad Mania, Papa Bear says happy bullet day. Juanzo Carrasco is also there. Yeah, uh, Fat Mania is uh, laughing at the 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 contradiction. What was the, the word again? Sam has an addiction there for contradiction. The addiction for contradiction. That that's like a good shirt. We're gonna go ahead and do it. Go ahead, yeah, Dali. So, but All what right, time is on. it though, Mario? Hold on, wait, 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 wait. I got hey. There Hashtag it it's Red Bull time. Listen, if y'all listen to the show, or you follow us on IG. Or you're checking us out, IG, Instagram Live, Facebook Live. Yo, hit up Rebel. 
Let us get this check, man. Damn. Let us get this check. Hashtag right. Lucha Red Bull. There you go. Yeah. And one thing that I want to do in honor of last week, since I called Nia Jax a big bitch and everything you like that. Um, if you guys go on our Facebook Live and share the video, yes. make it public, please. Yes. That's a big step. Make it public so I could actually see it. If you have some kind of weird uh, privacy settings on there, I won't be able to give this away to you. Use the hashtag Lucha Giveaway, and I'll give you this elite uh, Nia Jax big bitch figure. It comes Whoa. with two hands. Oh, oh, oh my so. God. Really? <laughs> By the way, uh, pause. What's up to Juanzo Carrasco all the way from España? He'd say, what's going on, brother? I don't know. If, if well, at, at least, at least. Um, he called her a big bitch again. <laughs> at least Sam's not doubling down. You know? No, I'm not. I'm not. But it's important. Use the hashtag Lucha Giveaway so I know you're interested. Or use the hashtag and Big Bitch. Your privacy settings must be set to public, please, if you want this. And I, no, will, I, agree. I will reach out to you. Yes. I agree people. with that, with what Sam's saying, because there's a lot of weird people on social media. Yeah. There are. Everywhere, but, though. <laughs> but where do you guys want to start this week? Where do you guys want to start? What's going on in the world of wrestling? All right, so Wrestling? let's um let's start with a little bit of ha ha he he slap on the knee because after that we're, we're probably going to be going back and forth between some negatives and some positives. So let's start with a couple laughs. <laughs> let's start talking about the state of Florida. All right, because it came out this week. Oh my god! That uh, <laughs> what's the governor's name in Florida? DeSantis. The Mantis or De- something. DeSantis. Right? DeSantis. DeSantis. There you go. Thank Ron DeSantis, I believe, is his name. Right. What up, Dando Fuerte? Go. That's the only reason why I know him. (laughs) So this guy came out saying this week, um, obviously they're opening things up in Florida, right? You know, um, I think they're they're doing it in phases, not like the Avengers and Marvel movies where there's like a phase one and a phase two, but something like that. Uh, They're uh, they're doing it in phases. And one of the phases within the next month, month and a half, maybe two months is not full capacity, but wrestling companies, meaning WWE and AEW, because they're running in Florida, are going to be allowed to get fans in the building. Maybe not at full capacity, but it's going to happen yeah. if they decide to go forward with it. The starting numbers um, is 20% is what they're saying. I personally don't think it's a good idea. But then again, it's the state of Florida. So we know how Florida rolls. Sam, what's your thoughts? We'll start with you. Yeah, I don't think this is a good idea. Uh, we've seen, you know in pandemics before that there's always a second wave and i think it's a little too early to be opening up you know especially when you're talking about uh live events and venues and stuff like that it's different different when you're talking about like you know essential businesses but you know wrestling come on man i mean i understand we're all jonesing for a wrestling show we all want to get out of the house and things like that but at the end of the day this is life or death we're talking about here it's a it's a little early. We're jumping the gun, but, you know, it's all about money. It's all about, you know, political pull and, you know, businesses continuing to survive and making money. And I, I personally, I don't feel comfortable going to a wrestling show uh, yet, even if they open things up in New York or New Jersey, like, say, tomorrow, if they said, you know, 20% of the people are allowed to go into the garden, even though it's a huge venue, I still probably wouldn't leave my house you know what i mean i go to work i make my money and i come back home and i stay in my house that's and i only leave when i need to leave so uh you know i don't know how other people in the state of florida are gonna feel about you know going to an event i'm sure there's people out there that are gonna go uh they've opened the beaches in in california and they were packed 
they've opened the parks in New Jersey and they were packed this weekend. So, you know, people are, are ready to get out and get going. But me personally, you won't catch me even with a fucking face mask and no gloves. I'm staying my ass at home. How long till you feel comfortable going to a wrestling show? Oh, man, I don't know. Ever? Um, no, I'll go back. But uh, and, you know, me and Mario were talking about this. I won't be leaving early anymore. My <laughs> old block dad. I'm always the one that's like, hey, bro. I won't be doing that no more because I, I do miss it. But um, and, and maybe- that's it. And that's the thing. So we're all sitting here. We're all in quarantine. Some of us are still working. Some of us are mostly home. Some of us have never left the house. Right. But the thing is this. And, and I was thinking about this this morning, actually, like when you go to a wrestling show. The first thing that you want to do is, hey, you go up to your your favorite wrestler. You try, you know, try to put your hand around them. Hey, let's take a picture. That's not going to happen hey, anymore. They're going to push you away. Yeah, you know what's crazy? The big event is still um, running. It hasn't been canceled, and the next one is in November, I believe. And you know, they haven't really secured any huge names, but they have people signing up for this. But but know, that like, but that's the like thing. Talent. Like so, you you could open up. You can open up, you know, the the these events for people to go. And what I was actually reading into the into the Florida thing. So what they're saying is it's twenty percent of the total uh, capacity of the uh, of the venue is how many you can get in there. So only twenty percent of that, and they still have to keep the six foot distance. So basically, you're gonna have a stadium full of people that are six feet apart. I you know because those are the guidelines that were put in. By the way. Under regular circumstances, there wasn't a pandemic going on. I would love that because sometimes you'd be up, all up on top of people and you get to, you know, get a little too close to people. Uh, last time we are at the ECW arena, me and Mario uh, smelled this fucking guy in the line to get in. And I was like, knowing our luck, this motherfucker is going to be right near us. He pulls up in his wheelchair and he's like three rows behind us. I could still smell this motherfucker's thing. So under normal circumstances, I would love I would love that. But with a pandemic going on, I just wouldn't take no chances, to be honest with you. Who who do what company you think is gonna hop on first with like the mask wave where they're gonna be handing out masks to fans before getting into the arena? I can see AEW doing it. WWE. WWE too. Um, because they need you know, that revenue. Yeah, I, I think that they're gonna be the first ones to start bringing fans in, to be honest with you. Um, oh my god, it's gonna happen in Florida. We get them stupid idiots from fucking Full Sail. You got yeah. Full Sail. Yeah. Welcome yeah, I back. I think WWE not not only because they're the biggest company and you know they they're like the most successful, but like they're also the most money hungry. I believe you know, and I think that they're gonna be the ones to really be the ones that set the precedence for how to move forward with this after this pandemic and i think that they'll be giving out look knowing them they'll put little wwe logos on it or whatever the fuck little face well that, that's what fat mania is saying aw with the branded masks yeah it's a way to brand uh, you know the it, inner circle you know, masks. You do all kinds of weird <laughs> shit with the masks and stuff like that but like i think wwe would be the first ones to open their doors to fans to be honest with you because you know we already saw vince go and become an essential business, uh, you know, pull his political pull and, you know. It was money, Sam. Yeah. It was money. It is what it is. He, yeah, ma- he made a nice deposit 
from the money he got back from from uh, from the XFL because he didn't lose that much money, and he put that towards the the, the governor. Mm. Come on, man. Hello, governor. Hello, governor. You're telling me that WWE is essential? No. Come on. Just saying. So, but but who do you think, Mari? Who do you think is going to jump on the bandwagon first on this whole well, thing with the mask and the paper? With the whole mask gimmick, I could see WWE, um, you know, allowing their fans first into like their shows and stuff. But listen, just because if the p- pandemic goes away or it calms down, that doesn't mean people are going to stop wearing masks. And mm-hmm. I have been very vocal about this. I think the new norm is at public gatherings, people are going to wear masks. And the reason why I said AEW is because I've already seen some of the stuff they're doing with, um, what is it? Um, uh, Culture City. That's uh, for the people that, that suffer from, um, Leo, help me out here. Um, autism? Autism. There you go. Okay. They, they, they jumped on that. That's something WWE hasn't jumped on. You know, they... They they seem like not, I'm not trying to trash WWE when I say this, but I feel like AEW tries to go out of their way to comfort their fans when they're in the arena if they're like more liable than the average fan, if that makes any sense. I'm not saying WWE doesn't do that, but I feel like AEW's more they're more hands on. They're, they're more personal. Is a little bit more open than WWE. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. So I could see AEW jumping on this whole mask gimmick. And not even charging people. I could see them giving like AW mask, you know, with the AW logo, like when everybody steps into the arena. Yeah. By the way, Lex Toy Shop, what up to Lex Toy Shop, who's here on our on our Instagram chat? Um, he is saying that Linda ran the small business administration. That's why the WWE is an essential company. That's a big part of it too. Well, we did talk about that when that first when the news first came out mm-hmm. about WWE considering an essential how yeah, and, and check this out. In the UK, uh, our boy Fat Manny, in the UK, they're introducing a new law that they must wear masks on the metro and outside from now on, and the shops have to be six uh, six foot apart. So basically, they're putting it into law, not just, hey, you know, the governor's saying here, you can just do this. It's a written law. Well, they don't have to turn it back. So that might be the new norm, Mario. It, it might they might. Um, I don't imagine, know. I, imagine them doing that in New York City. How then, many people would want to fight in the police? Uh, you know, they're already like. But the, but that's the, what they're doing I, now. They're 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 coughing on the cops. I got virus. Yeah, Bro, there's but, already fucking morons that are making a big deal of not wearing. They don't want to wear masks when they go to stores. Like I personally, I'm in favor of the mask. Like I think everybody should be wearing masks mm-hmm. until we know there's like a vaccine out there that's going to cure the shit. I'm all for it, especially going to Japan. Everybody was fucking wearing masks. Like, that's yeah. the norm over there before there was even a pandemic because people are just scared of germs and stuff. Right, right. I just, just thinking about, like, making it mandatory in New York and just knowing everybody's attitude already and then, like, how they already feel towards, you know, the subway, uh, you know, it's just, man, it's just, that's just like a... Uh, you know, throwing gasoline on a fire already, you know what I mean? But it is what we need to do, you know? Well, guess, guess what, Sam? Play stupid games, you're going to win stupid prizes, and you're going to get catch corona if you don't want to fucking wear a mask. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. actually uh, I saw a post in Spanish, and, it, and I'm going to translate for you guys. I saw uh, this guy he put on there. He was like a famous actor in Argentina. He was like, you can't cure the pandemic of stupid people. 
You're right. <laughs> Which you can't. Right, <laughs> you know, you could do a thousand and one things. And, I, and I'm sorry. And I'm going to say this. Wrestling fans are stupid. And at the end of the day, like like when we go to wrestling shows, and I haven't been told out, but when I've been, I can point out those guys or those girls that don't know how to act. I can point them out to you. And I've said it here before. When I went to WrestleMania 30 and I was in line for, for Bret Hart, there was a guy who, and there's nothing wrong with having issues because if you have issues, whatever it is, but the dude was on a, on a clicky pen the whole 45 minutes that we were standing there. You know what I mean? That's the same guy that you have to tell them two or three times, hey, don't put your arm around Bret Hart because he has a neck condition. They only had to tell me once. But those are the same people that you tell them, hey, when you put on a mask and you sneeze, you got to cover your mouth. Most of those guys don't do that, or those girls. So, again, you can't fix stupid. So, yeah. And that's why I asked you, Sam, like, when do you feel comfortable going back to a wrestling show? Because you know what? If, it, if it's with you guys... I'll go. If it was with the people that listen to us, I'll go. But there's some stupid people out there. You know? Yeah, yeah I don't know, man. Uh, maybe not until 2021. Um, I I don't know. There's a part of me that's like, in the fall, if they open something up, am I going to go? I don't I don't know, man. I just, I don't feel comfortable yet, to be honest with you. By the and way. I know you uh, got the smartest. Go ahead, go ahead Leo. No, no, go I'm ahead. saying people on the chat are saying that Europe is full of stupid people. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, that's everywhere, man, and um, it's just—I know we got like the smartest people in every country right now working on a vaccine, working on something because this is affecting everybody. And I'm sure that one will come out in the next year, two, three, whatever. It, one will come out. I know there will be a, 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 a solve for this problem. Mm -hmm. It's just you know when and when that happens that's when i'll really feel comfortable to go out and, and like a big crowd like that yeah you know until then here in boston as well uh brockton we have to wear masks and we have a curfew of 9 p.m to 6 a.m i have to have a letter from my job saying that i'm an essential worker in order to go out jessica hoffman on the chat mm. well leo let's laugh a little bit more because you mentioned wrestlemania right when yeah. you went to wrestlemania so the next story kind of has to do with that. Not really. Let me ask you guys a question. How do you guys feel about dirt? I'm okay with it. Dirt. Yeah. You know, dirt. Like oh, I know where this is going. <laughs> okay, so WWE came out that they're going to they're gonna oh, sell yeah, a WWE shop. Yeah, yeah. All right. 75. A limited edition <laughs> WrestleMania 36 boneyard plaque with some dirt in it. Some dirt. <laughs> Do you want okay, me to go let, get let dirt from the backyard? Let me tell you something. If anybody, I don't care if you get offended, if you're watching this live or listening to this podcast, if y'all one of these assholes that buy this shit, I got one of these for you. Congratulations, you played yourself. Yeah, we do it twice. We do Congratulations, it twice. you played yourself. Because that's how much they needed. <laughs> now, 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 Leo, Sam has a face like he's going to attempt to try to clean it he up. He already has no, it on I'm his not. cart. I'm <laughs> I was, was going to ask you, how much are they selling this for? $75. God damn, some dirt? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't even try to clean that up, you know. As Come dirty on, as Sam. it is. Yeah, I see what you did oh, there. Man. That's... That's terrible. <laughs> yeah. WWE, <laughs> they're some scumbags sometimes, bro. They really try to work people sometimes. I'm telling okay, you. Okay, first of all, first of all, percentage-wise, 
how much do you think that that's the actual dirt from the place that they did this? Or McMahon just said, hey, go to a park since there's nobody there and get it's me some dirt. It's fucking dirt. They probably, <laughs> they probably just found dirt. They probably got dirt on clearance somewhere. They went to Home Depot. <laughs> they went to Home Depot or Lowe's or something, and they probably didn't pay for the shit and just threw it on, you know, threw it on the plat. To send it to Europe is $130 with shipping and handling. Oh, my God. <laughs> dirt, Come on, Sam. Clean off. it up. Come on, Sam. Nah, Sam doesn't want to clean it up. I can't. That, that's, that's disgusting. You know, if anybody did buy that, they're fucking stupid, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So so let's uh, – let's, and another Undertaker-related uh, note that I found very, very interesting, and it was like a great comparison, too. So before we went live, I was telling you guys I was listening to uh, Something to Wrestle With, and they were talking about uh, Undertaker's loss at WrestleMania 30, which Leo was at. Mm-hmm. And I never thought of it this way until Bruce mentioned it. And uh, Conrad asked Bruce, what was his first thought when Undertaker lost to Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 30? Like, what was his first thought? Like, what did he think? And Bruce said something. I'm like, wow, that's such a great comparison. I, I can't believe I didn't think of it. So he compared it to, like, watching the, the finale of The Sopranos, how everything went dark. Okay, And I'm like, yo, that's a great comparison because it's like, if you go back and watch that match, it sucked the air out of the fucking stadium. And nobody knew what to say. Everybody's mouth dropped. Obviously, there's gifts out there of the of the one dude where his. Yeah, the the black guy. Actually, he actually crossed paths when we were leaving. (laughs) I was like, he looks stupid. And then I saw. And I think the comparison of the Sopranos finale for those that watch the Sopranos, I think that's a great like, you know, like a comparison. Yeah, it definitely is, and you're right. It definitely sucked the wind out of the room. And I know a lot of people thought that it was like uh, an accident, mm-hmm. and people thought that maybe uh, they were going to restart the match or something like that. But you know, I think it's it's something that um, it had it had to happen. You know what I mean? It's all good things come to an end. I don't think that Undertaker should have retired um, undefeated at WrestleMania. Um, you know, and I think it was the right guy. Brock Lesnar, because no. you could, you know, you you could always uh, go with the fact that they did Brock uh, go into business for himself. You know what I mean? Which obviously he didn't. It was you know it was planned for the Undertaker to lose, but like you could always say like this guy is credible enough to to beat the Undertaker in a real fight. So and from Brock becoming the Thanos of the WWE universe after that, you now you know have somebody that when you get a win over Brock, it means that much more because he was the one that took the streak away from the undertaker. So I know a lot of people, you know, disagree with that, but that's the way I see it. You know what I mean? And a lot of people hate on Brock, but Brock's making that money, man. And he's protecting his body and he's working that, that soft schedule. And, you know, he's probably going to be doing it for the next five years. And then until he gets, until he gets tired of doing it pretty much. Now, my my whole thing when I was there, right? Because, yeah, like I said, yeah, I was there. So um, the people that I was with, one of them, he is a big Brock Lesnar fan, right? So I think he was the only one in, like, the whole building that was happy that Brock won. The only one cheer? Uh, dude, he actually has a picture, which I just texted him now to send it to me. He took a picture of him celebrating and me having the only face where, like, I couldn't believe it was real. Right. 
Uh, there it is. So I'm gonna put it on. <laughs> I'm gonna put it on our Facebook Live so people can see it. There's a picture there, right? So he's celebrating, and my face is like, like really, like because th this was the thing, right? Just the whole entrance of the Undertaker, and and again, it was my first time seeing it live, feeling it live, whatever it was, right? And then for him to be so underwhelming in the in the match, like I had such a high expectation for Taker. Now, I know that wasn't the case for everybody that was there, but for the match not to mirror the entrance, you know what I mean? And for him to get dominated like that, it basically not only took the, the air out of the room right there and then, it took the air out of the room, I think, until Daniel Bryan came out. Mm, yeah. Because that yeah. next match, like, you could literally hear the cashier in the back <laughs> ringing up an order. You know what I mean? That's how much you didn't hear anyone. You know, and I think about it. I was at 29, and I know Mario was at 29 too. Um, I was rooting for CM Punk that night. And I think I think about what would have happened if they had given the streak to CM Punk. Would the place have erupted with cheers, or would it have been as awkward as the Brock Lesnar win? What do you I think? think people would have cheered. There's, I think people would have cheered. I think there would have been some disbelief, but I think for the most part, people would have cheered. There's only been, before the streak was broken, there's only been three times that I rooted against Taker. Both Shawn Michaels matches and the CM Punk match. And then yeah. after the streak, it's been really hit or miss, you know? But um, you mentioned something about Brock Lesnar being the right guy. This is my um, outlook on it, you know, knowing what we know now and it's been several years already maybe at the time we kept questioned why it was lesnar but i think it aged well to the mm -hmm. point where it makes sense that lesnar was the guy breaking the streak because i think it was one of those things at the time where we're like why it had to be lesnar they should have done it with this guy yeah. they should have done it with that guy it should have been bray it should have been punk it should have been whoever right people even go back and, and look at the randy Orton program that he had with, with uh, Taker and go like, oh, Randy should have been the guy. There, there were so many different guys throughout his streak where you could have been like, oh, this should have been the guy or that should have been the guy. And when the Brock Lesnar, nobody thought Brock Lesnar was going to win the match no. going into it. Everybody thought it was going to be a typical Taker match. Take, Taker was going to go over and Lesnar was going to make him look good. Everybody thought that. And then obviously Taker had a, a concussion during the match and Brock Lesnar pretty much dominated that whole ma match. And we had a feeling of disbelief and kind of anger at the time. Listen, when it first happened, I remember going on, on social media, on Facebook and IG. You know that that um that little video clip? I I, I forget what show it is, but it's like it's like I, I believe it's a son and a father, and it goes like somewhere deep down in my heart, I still love uh -huh. you. The guy has the yeah. ugly cry. I yeah. posted that because that's how hey! I felt at the time. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I felt felt at the time during the Taker loss. But now. Like, since it's aged, and there's been so many years that passed by, I think it's aged well, and I personally kind of don't have a problem that Le Lesnar was a guy that, that, you know, ended the streak. Yeah. And, and like I said, it turned him almost into, like, this Thanos-like character in the WWE Universe where he was just, like, this unbeatable monster, and it just made a win over Lesnar mean that much more because before that, it was very, like, even, like, his first match back from his return from UFC – he lost to Cena, and, you know, he put over Triple H at WrestleMania 29, and he had, like, this weird, shaky kind of, like, uh, start. 
And then, you know, WrestleMania 30, he beats Undertaker, and then he becomes like this, this you know, godlike, you know, Thanos-like figure with the Infinity Stone. You know what, you know what it was? It, it was when he first got back, when he first came back to the WWE, it's kind of like he had to put a little bit more work into his matches. Because I remember the match he had with CM Punk at SummerSlam, that was a competitive match. He didn't dominate Punk like he dominated John Cena a year later. Yeah. I yeah. feel like the second, kind of like what you said, like Thanos getting the final, you know, the final stone. It was like after he defeated Taker, it's like he got like a next level type thing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now he just dominated every wrestle he went through, except he had like a couple of opponents like an AJ, like a Daniel Bryan and a couple other ones that I can't think of where kind of gave him a little bit more offense. Right. 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 Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, I don't know if we're going to see him back this year because, you know, he he already doesn't like, uh, you know, traveling and things like that. And with this whole pandemic thing, who knows when's the next time we're going to see Lesnar. Um, but, you know, I don't hate him like other people do. You know what I mean? I think he's he actually he's one of those guys that he knows when to sell. And when he does sell, it means that much more when he does because he's such an imposing figure. And he knows how to make guys look great in the ring. You know what I mean? The yeah. the thing is getting him motivated to work with certain people. Like I know that he had issues with working with uh, John Moxley. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know he you know he runs through guys like Kofi Kingston that I think that had he had been motivated to work with Kofi, he could have put on a great match with him. Exactly. But other than that, yeah. But who know, motivates him though? I think when he knows when it's going to mean that much more. Like this whole thing with Drew McIntyre and, you know, looking back at that match, that match was set up for a stadium. That wasn't a match that was set up for an empty arena. That that match would have done great and would have had great reactions if 80,000 people were watching that match live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the, it was an pop. empty stadium. So it seemed like, you know, they rushed through it. But I think that, you know, he knows how to put together a match that means more than than just like you know a thousand flips and uh, uh, you know high spots and and you know meaningless submission holes and things like that. You know what I mean? Like he knows how to tell a story yeah. where like it'll get you motivated to get up out of your seat. Like oh shit, is this it? Oh no, wait, wait. Oh, is this it? Oh, you know, it kind of gives you that roller coaster feel when when you watch a Brock Lesnar match that you want him to lose because. You can't stand his ass. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, where were we going? We were talking about Taker. What's what's next on the list there? Well, you know what I mean? Oh, Mario, you're, you're, you're muted uh, your phone. Mute. Uh, okay, sorry about that. Yeah, okay, back. so let's um, let's move on to another UFC, former UFC fighter, Cain Velasquez. Grand opening, grand closing. Done. And to be honest with you, I'm mad about it because – him going coming to the WWE really was nothing at the time. I kind of understood it, like okay, they're going to Fox. They 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 want to get some mainstream attention. Nice. But man, if you want to talk about a botch, this is the definition of a botch. And this is taking nothing away from Kane Velasquez because I saw him in AAA. He did all right in AAA, AAA, but it was a completely different style. Mm-hmm. It was a lucha libre style. So I think that's more for him. And also it came out that Curtis Axel. Axel Mania, done. Another guy that 
man, if you look back at his career, and we'll break down both guys here, even though Kane, there's not really much to say, but <laughs> when it comes to Curtis Axel, I think he was doomed to begin with. Like when he first debuted under Nexus with as Michael McGillicuddy, remember that? Yeah. Like, why would you not call, why not acknowledge that he's Mr. Perfect Son? So he yeah. was doomed to begin with. And then they made him a Paul Heyman guy. That started becoming a gimmick. And I remember that intercontinental title run that he had when he was a Paul Heyman guy. And he came out playing wrestler. He didn't feel, I didn't see the confidence in him. Not in his promos, not with his body language. It was very awkward for him. And then after that, he kind of, he, they, you know what I did like from him? Remember when he was tag teaming with Ryback when he, they were Ryback? So I kind of yeah. enjoyed that because they were kind of like this cocky, not comedy, but they didn't take themselves too seriously. Like you could tell that both guys were having fun. And they looked like I a threat that. too. I enjoyed that. And then from time to time, he did the actual mania stuff that got him over. And then from there, he kind of just was like, became part of the social outcast with, uh, he Slater, and then, you know, obviously the Miz Tarage, which I liked with um, my, man, my man Bo Dallas and the Miz. I liked that little stable. And then they became the B team, which was something, but they kind of just, you know, they, they took the, the gas off the pedal off, the, off their team, and he kind of just been all over the place, you know. I'm not saying that the dude isn't talented, but I feel like from Jump Street, he was kind of doomed to begin with. Uh, Sam? Oh, man. Um, I think it just goes back to the name. Why not just call him Joe Henning? And he didn't have to be a Mr. Perfect ripoff, like kind of how Charlotte is a little bit of a a Ric Flair ripoff, even though I think that might have even helped him a little bit. But just call him Joe Henning and let him be himself and let the talent be talented. I kind of laughed when I heard that he got um, released, and I was thinking to myself, uh, you know, maybe he could go to New Japan, team up with Cody Hall and, uh, you know, start a new tag team called the Disappointments. Because well, well, Cody Hall is kind of uh, blacklisted right now. Yeah. I, I don't mean, think anybody wants to talk to him. Guys, these guys both, I think, kind of almost parallel. Obviously, Curtis Axel a lot more successful, but like they've just both kind of just been a disappointment to me. You know what I mean? And I think if they had just packaged them as Joe Henning, second gen or third generation, you know, went, went with that and, you know, just let him be himself. Let him have that swagger, that confidence. They, but, they gave him the theme song. They gave him a remix theme song of the Mr. Perfect song. And if you didn't want to call him Mr. Perfect, here's a thought. And listen, this is just on the top of my head. Too perfect Joe Henning. There you go. And uh, Perfectly that, Joe. <laughs> they dropped the ball with that one. You know, I think he could have been great for the Intercontinental title, just like his father was. And kind of like, you know, we've seen the Intercontinental title mean a lot, and we've seen it kind of, you know, get on the people where they put the title on people and try to make them, like, the title make the wrestler instead of the wrestler make the title. I think he could have been one of those guys that made the title mean more had they had packaged him a little differently. And, you know, let him be himself and let him have a confidence and a swagger. Because, you know, from Jump Street, you call a guy Michael McGillicuddy, then you change his name to Curtis Axel. And, you know, Curtis Axel is a wink and a nod to, you know, his father and his grandfather at the same time. But it's just like, it's like, who are you? Who are you? We know who your parent, your granddad is. We know who your, your, your pops is, but who are you? You know what I mean? I think, that, I think the name Curtis Axel would have worked if they would have added, like, 
like I said, like a kind of a wink to a nod to Mr. Perfect. Like add like perfect in his as like a nickname or something, you know? If they would have I don't the Curtis Axel name didn't bother me. I think the Michael McGillicuddy from Jump Street is what bothered me more. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was his mother's maiden name, which you know, is repugged. But um my thing is if you didn't want to be known as a ripoff of your father, right? Because everybody knows Kurt Henning, everybody knows Mr. Perfect. Our generation is not that familiar with, you know, the Larry the Axe Henning. Mm-hmm. We don't know his work that well. And from what I understand, he was like a big, thick, brawler type guy. Why not package your style and be an, an homage to your grandfather and be more like him instead of your father and be like more of a rough and tumble type of rugged motherfucker? You know what I mean? Get known for you know, maybe even a hardcore style. There's so many different things he could have done with his legacy and his family's legacy. And I think it's just, uh, you know, people get complacent. They don't go up to Vince and they don't tell them what the hell is going on with them. And, you know, if you're not happy with your character, you got to speak up. And, you know, if you want your release, obviously now's the time to get it because they're releasing everybody that wants it. As for Cain Velasquez, this is a guy that he comes from MMA and I think that he was a little confused of the culture of WWE from the beginning. He he hid his knee injury. You know, I don't know even know if he like told them, signs a contract for a bunch of money. He comes in injured, right? He comes in, he he doesn't look like Cain Velasquez from 10 years ago that beat Brock Lesnar, even though that Cain Velasquez wasn't a, a specimen to look at anyway. He always had like a dad bod kind of thing going on but he comes in he's like out of shape kind of and then on top of it like he's telling the media that he's going to be in the royal rumble when he's supposed to be a surprise entrant you know what i mean <laughs> like he doesn't know kayfabe at all he's like mm-hmm. you know he's an athlete you know so he's just like yeah i'm gonna be in the royal rumble and then fucking i'm trying to think uh you know he hides his he, injury he leaked a picture of him and ronda at headquarters right what the fuck? And Rhonda, Rhonda, you know, she obviously understands kayfabe and shit like that, even though she's yelling wrestling's fake and everything like, you know, but, you know, you don't leak that. She's been out of the, the public eye for that long. We don't know when she's coming back. And now you got her, you know, in, in December, January at, at the fucking headquarters, probably planning her, her return. We're not supposed to know that as fans. Kane, what are you doing? You fucking idiot. You know what I mean? So he kind of buried himself. You know, um, so the both of those guys, they're going to find uh, their path, whether Curtis Axel continues to wrestle. That's on him. I think he could find himself if he, you know, goes down, uh, you know, to New Japan or if he even if he goes to NWA or AEW. I, I see Curtis Axel because he's 40. And, and listen, age doesn't mean anything, but I could see him being an agent more than him getting back into the ring. And listen, if he does good for him i'll support him you know because right. for, for the most part you kind of you said cody hall and, and joe henning they kind of have a parallel and i completely disagree with that because cody hall has made a jackass out of himself when he got the biggest <laughs> rub in the world being associated with the bullet club and this guy just keeps burying himself and i feel like joe henning he's more respected like a lot of people forget but he helped the rock get back in ring shape for that yeah. WrestleMania with John Cena, the first WrestleMania with John Cena, him and Kurt Hawkins. It was Joe Henning and Kurt Hawkins that, that helped The Rock get back into in-ring shape. So I could see him being a perfect uh, an agent for any of these promotions if he decides to do the indies and kind of wrestle from 
here and there or whatever, that's cool too. If he does, you know, we are always mentioning House of Hardcore. If Tommy decides to bring him for a, a show over there, I'll support him, you know. Because he seems like a he seems like a good brother, you know. I just feel WWE didn't do any favors for him since day one. And I also think he should have, you know, should have spoke up. If he doesn't like something, he should have, you know, done something about it. I understand based on all the reports and a lot of people that have gotten released in the past and currently how WWE is not easy to work with when they, they're vocal. I understand that. But at the same time, uh, I don't see either party did no favors for each other, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so where, they, where do you go from here, though? Bro, they, they do whatever you want. Yeah, he could be an agent. He could, he could go to New Japan and, you know, do whatever. I think wherever he winds up, he needs to bill himself as Joe Hammond. Do you think a mistake would be for him to go to AEW? Well, I don't think they need him. I think they, they don't need him. And, and Cody just went on record this week saying that he doesn't want all of you wrestling to become all friends wrestling. Yeah, He's not going to yeah. hire all his friends. Yeah, and and to be honest with you, I think that he he needs to not prove himself because he you know he doesn't need to prove himself. I think he needs to repackage himself and you know put a new uh, you know wrapping paper on himself and and figure himself out before he gets thrown into a big promotion like AEW in, on uh, national television in America. I think he needs to go and, and figure himself out whether it's either an impact. New Japan, NWA, kind of fall out of, you know, the American kind of mainstream band's eye and then get that buzz back. You know what I mean? A la, you know, Cody Rhodes. A la fucking um, uh, Drew McIntyre. Davey Boy Smith Jr. Davey Boy Smith Jr. Because, you know, think about it like this. If Davey Boy wants to sign with AEW tomorrow... It's a big deal because he obviously, you know, did his fucking thing in New Japan. He's doing his thing in MLW. And, you know, we know what he's capable of. He did what we're talking about. He put that new wrapping paper on himself. You know, he, he's got that, that um, you know, strong style mixed with his, his dad's, uh, you know, old school, you know, catches catch can style. So, you know, Curtis, Axel, he'll be fine. Whatever he decides to do, he'll be all right. All right, let's uh, okay, let's talk about um some of the stuff that happened this week on WWE TV. Samoa Joe returns to commentary. Nice, yes, nice. yes. yes. Let's I think that might be a permanent move for him. Yeah, based on you know the 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 Jerry Lawler incident that Leo saw nothing wrong with, but Samoa matter. Joe Samoa Joe coming back to commentary, uh, man. As much as it hurts me, because we all know what Samoa Joe can do in the ring. He could have been a world champion in WWE. We all know that. I think there's an argument to be made that he should have been the one that beat Brock Lesnar for the Universal title at, uh, what was it, Great Balls of Fire? <laughs> yeah, that was a good short little match, though. I wish there, that's one of those ones that I wish would have won five minutes longer. Yo, Joe should have went over. Yeah. <laughs> he should have went over. But, uh... You know, I think uh, there's a it's debatable saying whether Samoa Joe's in ring WWE run it was good, okay, whatever. I think he had a great run in NXT, and then when he called up, it's like I won't say Samoa Joe never found his footing, but WWE kind of had him all over the place, and also the injuries definitely did not help. But him on commentary, 
is like the second coming of Taz on, on commentary. That's mm-hmm. how good Samoa Joe is, and I think it's a great addition. He knows how to put talent over. Yeah, he's really smart. I, I actually, I think his commentary is even better than Taz, and I think you hit the nail on the head when you talk about injuries just plagued his career in WWE. Um, we obviously know, you know, his Ring of Honor and, and TNA Impact Wrestling, you know, past and everything like that. He gets everybody's respect for that. Dude's a fucking animal. If he probably wanted to be an MMA star 10 years ago and he started training back then, he probably could have did some something in MMA as, as well. Um, but, man, on commentary, he just fits in great. And I think when Jerry Lawler finally does decide that, you know, he wants to stay home in Memphis, uh, you know, Samoa Joe slide right in there and just be, you know, exactly what Jerry was or Taz was or is to AEW. And, you know, you know what I'm talking about. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's he's great. And I'm, I'm sitting there watching NXT right now. That Mia Yim-Charlotte match was really good. That yeah. probably could have went a little longer. And I think maybe uh, maybe five, three years ago, that was a dream match for some people, you know. but Yeah, especially, you know what it is, too? And, and we're kind of jumping all over the place, but – when it comes to right now potential dream matches in WWE land or, or in any company because of the climate that we're living in, because there's no fans, we're going to look at matches differently. Some matches mm. that would have popped for a live crowd, maybe us watching on TV with no crowd. It's like, eh, it just doesn't hit that much. You know, that's why right. I say WrestleMania this year and all these events and matches going forward, they're always going to have an asterisk on it. And that's nothing against the talent. It's just, based on the climate that we're living in, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so, listen, I'm not into brujeria or nothing, and I'm not a psychic, but last week I said I did not want to see Apollo Crews in this Money in the Bank ladder match. And whether it's a shoot or a work, they did this angle where he got injured with a match in Andrade, and he's taken out. He's done. Dunsky out of the match. Thank you, WWE, because I don't want to see him in a Money in the Bank ladder match. I think that's funny, man. Really, yeah. He was you, chopping off chicken's head. I know he was, Mario. Oh, man. Poor <laughs> Apollo Crews. This guy. Of course, uh, damn. Poor Apollo Crews. Yeah. He, I'm, listen, I'm listen. That, Apollo Crews is boring. <laughs> he is. He's really boring. Uh, I feel bad for him. He needs, he needs to go. He He's one of these guys that needs to get his release. WWE ain't doing shit with him, and he's not helping himself staying there. You know? He's just collecting the paycheck, so. He needs to go. He needs to go. That's my honest opinion. You know what I mean? He's one of these guys that needs to repack himself on the indie scene, uh, do what he's got to do, and, you know. So speaking of money in the bank, so speaking of money in the bank, right, because I also said right when we were talking about Apollo Crews, and I know Sam's going to get hyped up when I say this. I also did say that, you know what? I don't want to see Apollo Crews in this match. I'd rather see Otis. Fast forward to fucking SmackDown, Otis beats fucking Ziggler. Come on! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! yeah. <laughs> My boy Otis. Obviously, he's not gonna win, but you know. Thank God. Yeah. Didn't you say it, he was afraid it, of heights? They could do something funny with him in, in this match. It's gonna make it's. I think it's gonna make it a lot more um, entertaining than Apollo Cruz. You know, to be honest. I agree. With that that I will agree with. Listen, I'm not behind the the Otis hype train. I'm I'm not. About that, Otis is not my type of guy. But I will say, he's more fucking entertaining than fucking Apollo Cruz, man. And that's not taking away Apollo Cruz's in ring work because the dude can go, but he's just fucking boring. 
every yeah. time he's on my TV, I just want to change the fucking channel. And here's a, a one thing that I, I got to give uh, wrestling fans uh, a hard time for. Just because a guy's great in ring, just because he could do the high spots and he could throw on a million submission holds and he knows all the catches can stuff and the New Japan stuff and he's been here and he's been there. Yep. Doesn't make him a great wrestler. You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't. You know, well, I'll, I'll take it back. It makes him a great wrestler. It doesn't make him a great entertainer. A great WWE wrestler. Superstar. Right. Because at the end of the day, to make it in the wrestling business, you got to be entertaining. You got to be able to, to pop off that screen. And, you know, you could do all the flips and tricks and submission holds and things like that. And we'll give you praise for it as hardcore wrestling fans. And we'll, you know, you get the respect. But is respect going to pay your bills? Is respect going to put food in your stomach? No. You need to get in that fucking ring and talk that shit and be a, a mic motherfucker. You need to talk that smack. You know what I mean? Simple as that. Just be entertaining. That. Just be entertaining. Right. That's it. And Apollo Cruz isn't that. He's not entertaining. You're telling me the smile is not entertaining? No, no, Leo. No, no. Just ask. I don't like it. <laughs> don't like it. Uh, okay, two more things from uh, Money in the Bank. So, since Apollo Crews has been taken out, right, they've announced a uh, last-minute gauntlet match that's going to happen tomorrow night on Raw. No participants have been named, and if you want to question me, go on WWE.com, because I know there's some people like, oh, well, well, according to uh, oh, the <laughs> Listen, do your research and stop nitpicking over shit that has nothing to do with the gauntlet match. That's all I have to say about that. But there's a rumor going around According that, AJ to who? Styles, that AJ Styles is supposed to be making his return right uh, tomorrow night on Monday Night Raw. And there's, it's highly speculated that AJ Styles will be part of this gauntlet match. Sam, what do you think? I would like to see AJ in a gauntlet match. I, I like the gauntlet match. I feel like um, that was one of those matches that made a comeback in the, in the last couple of years. Um, every time I, I hear it, I think about my Super Nintendo uh, game. Remember Raw? Remember that game Raw for Super yeah. Nintendo? They had the gauntlet match. And I remember as a kid, like, what the fuck is this? And, you know, it's the same shit that they play on TV. You start with two guys and, you know, you keep beating them, whatever, whatever. But I never saw one as a kid. As, you know, as an adult, I'm seeing this comeback of the gauntlet match. And I'm just like, man, this works for people. You know, this is how Kofi Kingston got over uh, a year and a half ago, two years ago. Yep. You know, Kofi Mania started from a gauntlet match. Seth Rollins got his heat back after they botched his comeback when, you know, he was hurt and he came back, whatever, from that, that was gauntlet the, That was the year that he should have main event at WrestleMania. Right. He did, like, that, that hour-long gauntlet match, and everybody was hype on Seth Rollins. Like, yo, why isn't this guy the champ? And then he gets the championship. We're all like, fuck Seth Rollins. <laughs> That's <laughs> why. But, 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 Sam, we talked about that. They, they, they cashed on him a year later. It was the creative it was the creative and uh you know that's it. that goes back to me saying you could be a great wrestler but if it's not entertaining the fans are going to turn on you anyway i i like the gauntlet match whether aj's in it or not it's an opportunity for guys to shine it's an opportunity for another story to play out after this uh money in the bank uh you know gets situated tonight and we'll see where it goes from there and you know if AJ's involved with it, that's great because he's one of those guys that can go an hour and, you know, show us all his tricks and pull out all those stunts that we loved him for when he was in TNA and in New Japan. So, you know, let's see where it goes. All right. 
So speaking of Money in the Bank, it was announced on Friday. We all learned that both Money in the Bank matches, the women's and the men's, will be happening at the same damn time. Mm. <laughs> Listen, man. Like I told you guys, like I told you guys last week, this reminds me a lot of the movie Rat Race. And I think it's going to be entertaining. I think we're going to get a lot of nonsense and it's going to make us laugh. It's going to make us question a lot of things. But are we going to be entertained? Absolutely. I'm into it. Sam? Yeah. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head. This might be shot very cinematic style. Um, you know, it'd be funny getting the girls involved with the guys, get a little intergender uh, mix-up going on where maybe they bump into each other and get on each other's nerves. Uh, you got a lot of entertaining, you know, characters in there, you know, now with the addition of Otis, you know, and you got Daniel Bryan in there who we know who, who can, you know, make you laugh. Um, man, you think, you think about on the woman's side, you got Asuka with her antics, uh, Nia Jax who, even though I called her a big bitch last week, can be entertaining. Uh, you know, she knows how to throw those facials on there and, and be funny sometimes. Um, man, it's all these characters just all in one spot trying to go up the steps, trying to catch the elevator. There's so many intangibles here. I think we might see a fire extinguisher get involved here. We might see some broken glass. Somebody's going through a desk. Um Man, it, it's going to be fun. It, 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 it's going to be fun. And it, props to WWE for thinking outside of the box and being creative. So on the line, so here, here's the actual name for, for both matches. So on the women's side, we have Asuka, Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, and Carmella after her match against Mandy Rose on Friday. And then on the men's side, we have Daniel Bryan, Rey Mysterio, Aleister Black, King Corbin, Otis, and to be determined tomorrow, the, the final competitor. Who do you think that final contender is? I've heard rumors that it might be Triple H. I... Do you want it to be Triple H, though? I, you know what? I personally no. don't care who it is, to be honest with you. I'm just happy Apollo Crews is not in the match. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, they could yeah, yeah. put our truth in there, and I'll be happy. Yeah, the reason why I, I said that I heard the rumor Triple H is because apparently Michael Cole... Uh, when they were doing the AAA celebration two weeks ago, was like, the money in the bank is the only thing that he hasn't won. And, you know, with the current climate, he's somebody that they could actually count on to be there all the time. You know, pandemic or not, he's always going to be at the show. So. You know what? It's funny you say that, because I was kind of thinking about this week, you know, based what we got at WrestleMania. I don't think it would have hurt like, maybe not the Goldberg, but I don't think it would have hurt Lesnar still being champion at now. Because mm-hmm. yeah. as, as much as as much as much I love that Drew got his moment, did he really get his moment? Like, let's, let's be, like, yeah. realistic here. He really didn't get it because he did it in an empty arena. And I know him winning the championship meant something to him. And I'm not saying that I don't want him to be champion. I do want him to be champion. But, man, I, I think it would have maybe benefited a little bit more if Lesnar was still champion. Yeah. I, I I was totally against them, you know, taking the title off Brock until, you know, fans were allowed back in the arena because it's it, it, it falls upon deaf ears. You know what I mean? Do we know how over Drew is right now? No, because we don't hear the fans' reaction to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So just go with the devil you know instead of the devil you don't know. Keep 
keep the title on Brock, and then when fans are allowed back in there, and then Drew gets his moment, we'll see exactly what your investment is and if it's going to pay off. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I agree, but you know they went the other route, and you know ratings are down. So whatever. Yeah. All right. So I want to I want to bring up this conversation with you guys, and and I want to pick your brains. So we've always had this, not debate, but we've always compared show to show when it comes to AEW and NXT. And before this whole corona shit, the pandemic happened, for the most part, we were always in favor in AEW saying like, AEW seems like such a fun show. It seems like a bigger show because of the fans and not taking away nothing from NXT. NXT is still a good show, but AEW just feels bigger than life, right? When When you're a casual or you're not into wrestling and you're going through channels and you see USA Network and TNT. what feels like the big league, AEW, because of their fans and the arenas they're at, while NXT, you're, you're stuck with the atrocious full-sale fans. But, man, I'm kind of getting the same feeling right now with the climate that we're living in. AEW, to me, feels like the fun show. Like, they're, 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 all the negative that's, that's coming with this corona and the pandemic – they're, they're taking advantage of it and they're doing different things. Like obviously the inner circle, they're doing the bubbly bunch and they did the Manitoba melee thing where, 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 you know, they had Corey Taylor from Slipknot and Vicky Guerrero and Fluffy and, and Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses and Jane Simon Bob. And they, they're doing a lot of creative shit. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. Obviously Jericho on commentary. Oh my God, it's great. While NXT, I'm not saying that everything is terrible, but NXT is still trying to figure it out. You know, that's the way I look at it. And when they're trying to be funny, and and this is just my opinion, I'm not speaking for everyone. Like, I'm not, as much as I like Timothy Thatcher, I'm not into the pairing of Timothy Thatcher and Matt Riddle. I feel like it's forced while the Pete Dunn and Matt Riddle stuff felt organic. Mm hmm. Yeah. I just saw that. Do you get what I'm trying to tell you, Sam, when it comes to both shows? Yeah. I'm sitting here watching um, NXT right now, and I saw that segment. And, you know, with Byron Saxon popping up and everything, it comes off very cheesy. It's very corny. And like you said, it doesn't come off organic. It's forced. The The chemistry between uh, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne is, is there. And you can't replicate that. And it sucks that, you know, with this whole thing going on that, you know, he, he can't be there. So, in my opinion, don't show it. Don't show it. You know, you got this cruiserweight thing. This this NXT show that I'm watching right now, besides that terrible segment, it's been great in-ring competition, and it's been great wrestling. It's old-school wrestling, whereas AEW is finding that balance between sports entertainment and great wrestling, you know? Um, and I saw that, that Bubbly Bunch thing just a couple uh, minutes ago before we started recording because you were like, dude, you got to check this out. And I saw it. That's hilarious. And it's almost like, uh, you know, Jericho just went through his cell phone and was like, hey, can you, you know, can you do me a favor? Can you do me a favor reaching out to some of the celebrities that he just got a good relationship with? Uh, and they came through and pulled it off. And, you know, it came off very entertaining, very funny. And AEW just, they're surprising me for a young company that's only a year old, not even. They're doing their thing, man. They're doing their thing. Uh, more coming out of the AEW front. It was predictable. I'm not against it. Uh, not predictability isn't always a bad thing. 
And when it comes right. to this, I think it's the right move. Lance Archer, Cody Rhodes, the final for the TNT Championship. It's happening at Double or Nothing. I'm into it, man. I, I like the, the story they told Wednesday night between Dustin and Lance Archer, where in many ways, Dustin Rhodes' blood was on Cody's hands because he didn't throw in the towel, and Lance Archer just kind of threw the towel back. I, I was into all that. Uh, it, it was a competitive match between both guys, Dustin Rhodes and Lance Archer. And now we're getting this final. I love the story they've been telling even before this TNT tournament was even announced, before we even thought there was going to be a, a mid-card championship. And I'm into it. I, I'm looking forward to this match. It's over or nothing. Yeah, and it goes back to keeping their storyline simple. It's not convoluted. It's very easy to follow. And that's what wrestling fans want. We don't want to sit there and like have to dissect things because that's the kind of fans we are. We'll sit there and go, well, this didn't make sense. Why is this person doing this and this doing this and blah, blah, blah. We want it simple. It's very easy to follow. The one thing that I'll say that I didn't like about AEW, and it's very nitpicky, was the Cody Rhodes match when he sidestepped and uh, Brandy got hurt. He obviously knew his wife was there, and he's a baby face. Why is he letting her take the bump? Well, like, well check this out. It's funny you mentioned that because a lot of people were questioning it too. Like, how does Cody – how does – Cody's wife, Brandy, take the bump, right? And then two hours later, for the main event, she just comes out like nothing. So Cody went on record saying that the original plan was those two matches were going to happen at different dates. They were going to be on the same episode. Because remember, they they pre-recorded a bunch of content in like two days up in uh, Georgia. So the original plan was that they were going to not airing on the same date and then obviously plans change and now they're going back to live television next week so that's the reason why uh <laughs> brandy came out no selling it but if yeah. that was the case if that was the case what i would have done was maybe put the archer and cody match i mean the the archer and dustin match first and then have the cody and uh brandy match later yeah yeah I think they wanted to end on that note with the blood and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, so, I understand that. Yeah. Whatever. But, um, they're, they're giving us entertaining product, and, you know, we're just kind of nitpicking here. But I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. And like like you said, they're giving us entertaining products in the middle of a pandemic. And I just got to give both companies props. And I, I feel more like AEW is just surprising and highlighted me being that they're so such a young company, being able to pull it off. You think about the experience that Vince McMahon, Triple H, and all these guys have, and, you know, they seem to be struggling just like every, everybody else is with this thing. And you think about Tony Khan. This is his first rodeo here. You know, it's yeah. not like he ran a wrestling company before, you know, and I guess he, he hired the right people to get get around them, and they're doing a fantastic job. So um, I'm not mad at either one of them. They're doing great. All right, let's um going back to NXT. Uh, Drake Maverick. We spoke about him last week. How they're kind of toying between the lines with uh, reality and and work, you know. And he kind of cut a promo, kind of resembling to the Wolf of Wall Wall Street, uh, saying that you know he's the Wolf of NXT and he's not leaving here without the the Cruiserweight Championship. I thought it was a cool promo from Drake Maverick. I'm a big Drake Maverick fan, you know, rock, rock star spud. But the question is. Is he going to stay in WWE or not? And if he does stay in WWE, right, and let's say if it comes out that he originally was fired and then they just gave him a contract, a new contract, 
I think that would be all cool. But if this was all a work to begin with, I could see him getting a little bit of backlash. Yeah, definitely. I could see him getting backlash for it. Um, man, but there's a part of me that's starting to think that he's not leaving. <laughs> I don't know if he's just doing a tremendous job working me as a fan or whatever, but there's a part of me that's just like, bro, was this all a work to begin with? And now, you know, they're playing on the people's emotions that actually, like, were affected by this pandemic and everything like that. Because if that's true, that's really shitty. But at the same time, like, it's good TV. It's working for him. And to be honest with you, it's making me care about Drake Maverick a lot more than I have maybe three months ago. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's, you know, here I go with the contradictory again. But there's a little <laughs> both sides of it. It's a little both sides of it. You know what I mean? It's like, shut up, Leo. You haven't said shit in what, 30 minutes here? Because I'm not feeling anyway. well, bro. Then you guys <laughs> yeah, talk. You don't feel well. You don't watch shit. Shut up. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Fucking, I'm sitting here like feel. I don't know how to feel about it. You know what I mean? It's like on one end, am I upset? Eh, no, not really. But on the other end, I could understand why people would be upset, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that, and that, and that's and I'm with you on that too because I personally wouldn't be upset about it. But you you know how wrestling fans are. Yeah. So especially I nowadays, I feel like. Exactly. I, I, like you say, uh, off air, the pussification of people has just gotten out of Pussification of the world, man. Yeah, and, you know, I don't think a lot of people clamor for the attitude error. Like, oh, I want the attitude error. I want the attitude error. But they can't handle the fucking attitude error now. No, they no, 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 crying no, no. about it. And, 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 and as much as we love the attitude error, too, let's not act like everything was great in the attitude error. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, and my boy X, shout out to X. He, he said it best. He said WWE straight booked themselves into the corner. When it comes to the Drake Maverick situation, well, they're notorious for it now. <laughs> the last year and a half, they've been booking themselves in the corner like a motherfucker because they don't have a plan. They don't plan this shit out, and obviously, nobody planned for this pandemic. But if you if you have a plan, if you book out your territory for the next year, like New Japan does, if something terrible happens, like an injury or like something crazy like this, like nobody saw this pandemic coming, but like you know something like this happens, you can at least. Go back to your plan and go, okay, well, this doesn't work. We have this person. Maybe we could pivot this way and do it this way. But they're just going with the flow. They're doing very WCW booking nowadays. Well, very it, goes back to, it goes back to what I was telling you last week. I was telling you guys last week, Vince is only concerned about the moment, momentarily. He's not worried about the future. While Triple H, he knows what he, what he wants to build to. Vince doesn't care. Vince is just, he's worried about the moment, even if, the next show they do, whether it's Raw or SmackDown, they kind of just forget what we just saw happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. We'll see how it all plays out, though. Um, it's, it's crazy. I, you know, I just feel for the people that were affected by it, like the pandemic and are sitting there watching this guy. And, you know, maybe it will give them some hope. You know what I mean? If they see this guy overcome you know, losing his job and then getting back to normalcy. Maybe it's a way that people can look at it and, you know, try to put themselves in his position and go, maybe there's, you know, a chance of light at the end of the tunnel for it. So, you know, maybe that's the way WWE's looking at it. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Well, we got a couple of injuries. Uh, it came out yesterday, actually two injuries, came out that uh, Kevin Owens, he, he did a, a Quebec interview and it came out that he sprained or has like a slight fracture on his ankle due to that big spot that he did at WrestleMania 36 with Seth Rollins. So he's out of action. And then uh, Jimmy Uso, 
He has a knee injury, and he'll be out for six to nine months also because of WrestleMania with that ladder match. So think about it this way. They both took both big bumps for, for nothing because nobody was in the arena except that one fan. <laughs> Damn. You know, and the thing is they had an opportunity to maybe shoot it in a way where they didn't have to take the actual bump. But do we as fans – Want to see that? Do the wrestlers feel like they might bastardize their craft by doing something like that? Well, well listen, I, if they're giving us a ladder match, right, and we're, we're speculating here. If they're giving us a Money in the Bank ladder match where they're going to be beating the shit out of each other at WWE headquarters, right, and right. they're going to shoot a cinematic, and this is what we're kind of predicting here, I feel like they could have done the ladder match at WrestleMania between Morrison, Jimmy, and uh, Kofi, I think they could have shot a cinematic too. You know, maybe they wouldn't have to take some of these hard bumps. They could have done it outside somewhere too. Yeah, definitely. And it goes back to me saying, like, I don't know how we would have taken it, watching it, and then WWE going, how is our fan base going to react to this? But, but I mean, another... does it really matter now with the climate that we're in? Does it really no. matter? I say no, but you know there's always somebody that's going to bitch. You know what I mean? But so. but listen, dude. Like, it doesn't matter if this is happening, if the, if the pandemic is happening right now, or let's say if it never happened. Everybody's always going to have an opinion, and everybody's always going to complain about something. Listen, people complain about WrestleMania. This year's WrestleMania, what we got, the two-night event. Big, just big, too big for one night. People complain about that. Knowing there's a pandemic happening right now, well, that's not really WrestleMania. What did you want them to do? Okay, I get that they should have rescheduled it. Fine, but they didn't do that. People yeah. complained about that. So why the why the fuck did you watch? A lot of people complain. A lot of people were complaining about the the Firefly Funhouse match. I love that match. That that match. I enjoyed it too. That match, I feel like they could actually, um, you know, use that in some comms classes. If you know if you will, looking at how they could break down, you know, the psyche of somebody and their failures and things like that. But, you know, going back on onto track, I mean, I, people just complain just for the sake of complaining. You know, I, a lot of people were complaining about night two, and I, I felt like night two was better than night one. I agree. You know, but... I, I enjoyed both nights for what it was. Maybe because I had no expectations going into it. I was just like, listen, I just want to be entertained for three hours or whatever. I enjoyed both nights. Uh, I think, you know, we when we criticize WWE when they deserve it. When it comes to WrestleMania this year, for what they were working with, I don't think you could really be too upset, you know. For that, you shouldn't have watched it. Yeah, exactly. If you don't like it, change your station. So, uh... Yeah, Kevin Owens, Jimmy Uso out with injuries. I feel bad for both guys. It looks like Kevin Owens will probably return a lot quicker than Jimmy Uso. But uh, Jimmy, man, this guy can't catch a break, you know, from being arrested and injuries. And, hey, Jimmy's out, so you know they're not going to do nothing with Jay. Yeah, poor Jay. At least he gets a little break, a little vacation. You know, it is, it is what it is. I kind of feel for him because I feel like they just came back. Didn't they just come back, like, right before Mania? They were on, like, a little hiatus, I guess, to maybe make the arrest stigma go down a little bit. And yep. now, again, give them a break. You know, this is going to make them mean this much more when they come back. 
a year from now or whatever. So I'm not, you know, I feel for Jimmy. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but, you know, they'll, they'll be all right. And then Kevin, he's a wrestler's wrestler. He'll be fine. He'll probably be back by SummerSlam. Tell you what, man. And listen, I love I love Kevin Owens, but man, the the WWE it's been reported that WWE are granting releases, like they're open to the conversation of granting people releases. Man, if, if they're not gonna do nothing with Kevin Owens, and I know it's too soon to, to, to kind of predict this, I kind of want to see him out of there and kind of test the waters other places because I feel like Kevin Owens have been super underutilized in WWE. Yeah, yeah he definitely has. It it it's, it goes to back to like how many open spots are there at the top and he's one of those guys that like you could always put him in one of those spots but how many of those spots are really open you know what i mean for like a um a main event program yeah Yeah. it's unfortunate all right uh one last thing on the wwe front they've been doing these promos for the last couple a couple weeks with jeff hardy kind of his redemption storyline and they've been they've been real they they haven't been hiding anything they haven't been sugarcoating anything either they've been talking about his drug abuse and his duis and you know the mess of the trials and tribulations of him him going to jail and they've kind of added Seamus to this where Seamus seems pissed off <laughs> that that uh jeff hardy's getting all this attention so two questions here how do you feel about the Seamus and jeff hardy storyline potential storyline that it looks like it's going to happen and kind of the treatment that Jeff Hardy's getting, uh, you know, him giving a, a, another chance. Once again, uh, he, it looks like he's getting a push here. Uh, what do you think? I feel like Vince has always had a soft spot for Jeff. He's always seen money in Jeff. He's always looked at him like he's the, the better of the Hardys. You know what I mean? And even fans, I feel like for the longest time, felt like Jeff was the, the better of the Hardys up until this whole, you know, delete, delete fucking uh broken matt hardy character came around um so i'm happy for jeff you know what i mean he's a he's a good brother um he's one of those guys that if you meet him he'll, he'll give you the time of day he'll, he'll talk to you for a little bit especially if you meet him with, with matt matt will talk your fucking head off um so i'm happy for him seamus they just gotta find something for him to do he's one of those guys that again he could be slotted in a main event anytime he kind of gets the Kevin Owens treatment sometimes. But, you know, as, as for the storyline goes, man, it's good, good for those two. You know, they're going to get their little, their moment. I just hope that Sheamus can get to, you know, touch that intercontinental title before the end of the year, because I, I think that that was That's one the last thing. Belt. That he, That's the last championship. Yeah, I think that's one thing that he really wanted to do, you know. And I feel like this might be the last run for both of those guys. Sheamus is almost at the end of his career. You know, we've seen him have a lot of bad injuries and things like that. And Jeff Hardy, we know how how fucking bad he's abused his body over the years. So I feel like these guys can't go much longer. So it's a good last hurrah. You know, and we've never seen it before. We've never seen Jeff Hardy and Sheamus touch, at least in in my memory. I I don't remember them having a program, so it, it's good. It's good TV. It, you know, especially like what are you going to watch right now? No basketball. I'm, I'm cool with the the Sheamus and Jeff Hardy program. I, I, there there has been a. I see both sides of the fence here when it comes to Jeff Hardy. Some people are like, why are they giving him another push? Why are they? 
doing this rather than giving him spotlight. Other people's like, oh, we'll give him another chance, whatever. But it's like, how many chances are you going to give this guy? Listen, I've been a guy. I'm a I'm a Hardy Hardy Boy fan. Both guys. Uh, I've been very critical on Jeff Hardy over in the past. You know, going back to his TNA days with with the incident he had with Sting on a live pay per view. I've been very critical on Jeff Hardy, and there's been days where I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, how many more chances are you going to get? You know. At the same time, you know, drug abuse, addiction, it's a real thing. So I, we can only hope that, that you know, he's finally good and he could, you know, give us some, some, some good quality TV, whether that's matches or whatever the case may be when it comes to Jeff Hardy. And, and I kind of – I won't say exactly, but he, he kind of reminds me a little bit like Jake the Snake, how Jake the Snake went through like a roller coaster of stuff too, you know. Um, obviously different circumstances for both guys, but you know, a lot of us love Jake, you know, regardless of some of the stuff that he he's done to people and the accusations and the drug abuse and this isn't that we still love Jake, you know? So some people that love Jake are like, ah, oh, but it's Jake. And then you'll shit on Jeff Hardy, which kind of had a similar situation, you know? So I think that's very hypocritical. Listen, I, I wish the best for Jeff Hardy. I hope that he's on the right path and, you know, he could give us a, a last, you know, a last run, you know, a last hurrah with a couple of good matches. Yeah. I just hope that when his in-ring career is over, that he stays on the right path because yeah. idle yeah. hands are, are the devil's workshop as the old saying goes. And if he gets to sitting around that hardy compound and uh, getting bored, you know, how many dirt bike jumps can you do? You know what I mean? So that's one thing that I do worry about, but, I'm happy for him right now. Hopefully he could stay on the right track. And, uh, you know, like I said, him and Sheamus never touched before. In, in my memory, if anybody wants to prove me wrong, send send me a link. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm all for it, man. Let something new, something fresh with two old familiar faces. Why not? Yeah. All right. Let's talk about something very interesting that they're doing in Impact Wrestling. Um, I'm into it, man. It, it's, it, it's definitely a head scratcher, but I think it's really, really cool. So they've been doing this whole rebellion thing uh, too big for one night, obviously like the WrestleMania that we had this year, you know, due to the climate that we're in uh, rebellion was supposed to happen in New York. Didn't happen. We know why. And we got night two this past week. And the original main event for this match was for the impact world title. Tessa Blanchard de- defending her title against Eddie Edwards and Michael Elgin. That was the original match last week on rebellion night one. Michael Elgin said that he guarantees he's going to be world champion on night two of Rebellion, right? And everybody's like, how? You know, obviously this is taped already. Tessa, Tessa Blanchard wasn't at the venue. Eddie Edwards, I think they, her, him and his wife adopted a kid. So obviously he's not going anywhere either, you know? So I'm, I'm thinking like, what is he going to do? Is he going to like declare himself like an interim world champion or something? So he cuts his promo in the ring, right? And Moose comes out. He comes out with the TNA World Championship, all right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, this is interesting, right? And he's saying that he's the real world champion, right? And he's saying that if you want a shot at the real world champion, like, let's go, whatever. Then out comes Hernandez, you know, former LAX guy. It becomes a triple threat match. Very competitive match. Moose retains the TNA World Champion. And it kind of, I'm into it because you don't know where this is going. 
we've seen story like storylines like this in the past. So let me refresh people's memories because I know a lot of people were like, "Oh, what is what is Impact Wrestling doing? This is stupid." Blah blah blah. Going back to maybe two three years ago, Matt Taven had a Ring of Honor World Title with a purple strap on it, saying he was the real world champion. All right. Going mm-hmm. back to the '90s, when Shawn Michaels never lost the Intercontinental Championship, he came back saying that he was the real IC champion, and then he had that incredible match with Razor Ramon, right, in the latter match of WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Also, fast forward to a couple of, what was it, like 10, almost 10 years ago, remember when CM Punk took the title and they had the tournament, which Rey Mysterio won, and then he, mm-hmm. lo- he dropped the belt to John Cena, only for CM Punk to come out at the end? We've seen storylines like this before. I have no problem with Moose saying that he's the world champion and defending this title. I have no problem with it. You know, this title has a, a lineage to it. Whenever they get back to the point, whether it's Tessa coming back to one of these uh, closed, you know, venue shows, or maybe we start getting venue shows with fans on it. I think we need a unification match and it needs to happen in a live crowd. I, I'm into this. I'm into this storyline. I like storylines like this. Maybe it's a little bit fugazi, but I'm into it, man. It, it has me entertained. I want to see where it goes. Yeah, I like it too, and I think that they should keep that title on Moose because he's such a polarizing figure. Um, yep. I I honestly like Moose going back to his, his Ring of Honor days, um, but I know a lot of guys that hate him, and he plays the heel role in real life too. Uh, you know, if you you catch him outside of the venue, or if he's just walking around, you try to take a picture with him, or if you try to talk to him, he is going to tell you fuck off because he is a heel in real life. Um, so I like it. And, you know, Tessa Blanchard, she's another polarizing figure. People love her for, you know, what she's done being a pioneer in, in women's wrestling and things like that. And we, we've seen her stand up to Sam, Sammy Callahan, uh, in storyline things. So I think this is a perfect, uh, another storyline where you could get like this big macho guy trying to play like a chauvinistic heel up against Tessa, you know, saying, uh, I'm the real champion. No, I'm the real champion. You know, like you said, it's been done before, but it's it's great. I, I like it. Uh, I personally haven't been am watching it because I haven't upgraded my Xfinity package yet, but I plan on doing that because my package just uh, ended, and now they're trying to charge me an extra fifteen to twenty dollars a month. So I gotta get on the phone with them once when, <laughs> once I'm done recording this shit. So let's see if I can get uh, Access TV added to my package. <laughs> yeah man impact's putting some great stuff that you know that that's another company that a lot of people uh still sleep on because you know i think tna has this like negative stigma still impact tna whatever you want to call it but man they, they they've been on a run for the last uh little over two years and I, like i said I, i'm into the storyline whenever moose and tessa touch in, in whether it's a unification bout and whatever you want to call it i think it needs to be front of a live crowd so if they have Tessa return for some of these closed shows where there's no fans, yo, let them acknowledge each other, but don't let them touch. And whenever the time is right, then they can meet in the middle of the ring and set up a program at like maybe their first pay-per-view when, when they're in front of fans or their first fan live show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And this is, again, keeping it simple and an easy storyline to follow. Doesn't need to be convoluted. You got one person claiming that they're the champion. You got somebody else that's claiming that they're the champion. Simple, easy. It's been done in real sports before. That's why they have interim heavyweight champions in MMA and, you know, across the weight classes. 
let's get it done in the ring, bada boom, bada bing, and then it gets figured out. You know what I mean? It's very simple and easy and entertaining to watch. Exactly. Uh, ring of Honor. Ring of Honor, uh, unlike AEW, unlike Impact, unlike WWE, they are not messing with fucking Corona. They are not taking any chances. And they decided to cancel all June shows, including their best in the world pay-per-view. Uh, I think this is the right call for Ring of Honor. Um, I've been very vocal in the past. I don't think nobody should be doing wrestling shows. This is not, I'm not saying that I'm not enjoying the, the, the product they're giving us. I'm not saying that, you know, fuck them. I'm not saying that at all. But I don't think we should be taking chances with, with your talent. And I think Ring of Honor is doing the right thing here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, to be honest with you, they were on the right path with a little bit of a reboot of their company going on. But I think that this long break is you know, going to be great for them because once they do return, there's going to be um, a thirst for the Ring of Honor product. You know what I mean? And like you said, why take the chance? Why take the chance of you know putting your talent in danger and your 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 backstage talent and you know and fans on top of that who are you know your lifeblood? These are people that are spending money on your product, and you know if these people come to your show, get sick and die. Well, what the fuck did you just do? You just killed off your audience. So um, I think it's I think it's the right decision for Ring of Honor, uh, and I, I think that all companies sh- should should take a look at that. I don't think that anybody should be thinking about reopening venues until at least August. Mm-hmm. At least. You know. I'm the same way, man. Uh, it's going to be unfortunate that we're not going to get the New Japan show at the Garden stuff, but like safety first, bro. And listen, it's bad enough that <laughs> these wrestlers are being the shit at each other for, for our entertainment, you know? The last thing we want is for them to get like sick and shit, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we talked about... Um, Last week, we talked about the revival, the revolt, whatever you want to call them. And it, it came out this week that they, they, when they were still signed with the company, I guess they were preparing themselves for their, their exit, right? So they kind of trademarked a couple. They applied for a couple of trademarks. They applied for uh, Say Yeah, which is their, uh, remember Say Yeah from their theme mm-hmm. song? Uh, no Flips, Just Fist. They applied for that, too. And I think there was another one that they uh, they applied for. And um, they were granted it. And then somehow WWE came in and, like, countered it. Mm-hmm. And at first, I'm like, okay, this is kind of petty. You know, this is really, really petty. And, and I made it known that I think it's petty for WWE. And listen, we all know that WWE could be very petty. Let's not right. – just because we're WWE fans, we're not going to sugarcoat shit and be like, no, they're not being petty. We're going to call a spade a spade here, right? Yeah, absolutely. It came out per PW Insider, right, that this is just a rumor, that the agreement they had, the Revival with WWE, the agreement they had was if Revival was to kind of end these trademarks, like if they would put a stop to these trademarks, like, you know, like not want the trademarks no more, they will be granted their release. So they got granted their release and then apply for the trademarks again. Ah, so they tried to weasel their way into getting the trademarks. It's business. It is what it is. They tried. To, they tried they their tried. best. They tried. Yeah, WWE is going to counter that, and they're going to win that all day because they were WWE trademarks to begin with. So you know, I mean, I, nice try, but you know, I, this is what I this is what I think is going to happen. I th- I think Revival gets a congratulations for that. All right, <laughs> for try- they do. And, and listen, I like the Revival. I think they do get a congratulations for that. But this is what I think where this is going to go. 
I think WWE's gonna just kind of do this to to fuck with the revival, right? While the revival, the revolt, whatever you want to call them, get ready for their next chapter of their lives, whether they go to AEW. And I know there's already teases on being the elite where you see FTR, you know, in the clouds and stuff. They're already putting teases out there. So everybody's already speculating that they're going to go to AEW. And they're probably going to do runs in other companies too. Like we talked about in Japan for the tag league and stuff. Um, But what I think WWE is going to try to do is kind of just try to fuck with their momentum and kind of hold off on some of these trademarks. And then eventually they're going to let it go. That's what I think is going to happen personally. Yeah, because why spend the money on something that you're not going to, you know, use? But, you know, we've seen Vince do that anyway. He he signs, you know, talent just to let them sit in catering. And now he's sitting there bleeding money and going, if you want your release now, you can have it. You know, but I I agree that they're, they're just playing that petty bullshit that they're known for. Also, speaking of trademarks, uh, WWE and Cody are going to go back at it, too. Uh, one thing that Cody has been very vocal about is uh, getting the trademarks for some of the stuff that Dusty has that created, like Slamboree and stuff. And it looks like uh, they're going to be going at each other again for Slamboree and the match beyond uh, those uh, trademarks. Uh, they're going to be going head-to-head again. My thing is... If you're going to get these trademarks, right, like we've seen them, you know, I don't know what happened with Bash at the Beach, but we obviously saw that they put on a show called Bash at the Beach. If you're going to get these trademarks, capitalize on them, Cody. Don't just put them on free TV. Make a fucking pay-per-view. Or if you're not going to do it as a pay-per-view, do another, like, Fighter Fest thing where you have to download the VR Live app and, and promote it the right way. You know what I mean? Like, you know, don't do all this fighting just so you could, like, have a, a special AEW Dynamite episode. Come on. If you're going to get Slamboree, capitalize on it. Let's get Slamboree. And if you're going to get the match beyond, well, then that's what Blood and Guts is going to be called now. The match beyond. Let me tell you something. One, the paper you name, I want to see WWE, I mean, WWE, AEW get is Starcade. I want them to get Starcade. Yeah, I don't think they're going to get it. Not happening. But, man, I want them to get Starcade. Because Starcade was WCW's version of WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. And, and that sucks because, it, I, like, like I said, I don't think that's happening. But, man, that would be great, you know, because AEW is almost like this, like, weird child between WCW and ECW. It's like this weird off-set thing going. And I would, lo- I would love to see them even try to trademark some old ECW names. It's like so- if... Pretty much AEW is all these promotions, small promotions like the Ring of Honors, the WCW, which obviously WCW was a big promotion. A little bit of it. It's like you're making a drink, right? So it's like, let me pour some Ring of Honor here. Let me pour some WCW here. A little bit of New Japan, a little bit of ECW, and then you get AEW. Exactly. Exactly. And let me add a little dash of TNA. Yeah. The one that I I miss a lot from the old days was Halloween Havoc. Oh. That one. With the set and then the Slim Jims and all that shit. <laughs> that just brings back your childhood right there. You know, WCW has some pretty cool uh, pay-per-view names. You know, for pe- you know people don't give them much credit. But, you know, Super Brawl was a pretty cool name. They had some uh, pretty cool names that, WCW, that WWE doesn't even capitalize on. You know, because they own it. Yeah, one that was really unique. It wasn't the name that stood out. It was actually how they shot it was Hog Wild. Where they went well, out. Yeah, and, and then it became Road Wild. Yeah, Road Wild, and uh, man, that that was really, really special to see everybody like with their motorcycles out there in the middle of Sturgis, and the crowd would be humongous 
like over a hundred thousand people just sitting there revving their bikes, drinking, smoking pot, and doing all kinds being of crazy racist, shit. Being racist, being racist shit. <laughs> just being motorcycle fucking weirdos, you know what I mean? But still, it was cool to watch it. You know, it was really and then see the NWO come out there and everybody's rubbing their butt. I might actually put that on after uh, after we're done here. You know. All right. So, uh, Sam, let me ask you a question. What uh, what you wearing over there? Well, I'm wearing my chalk line jacket. Uh... <laughs> oh my god! Uh... Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> why Why do you ask? <laughs> <laughs> all right it's not really a funny subject but we're gonna talk about it you know i was kind of i was kind of in the fence should we talk about it at the end of the show should we not but you know what we're a real show okay we laugh here we we give our an analysis on the product uh we debate with each other we contradict ourselves think, what was that we contradict ourselves well i, I don't but <laughs> But um, but we, we 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 talk about real shit sometimes too on the show, right, Sam? Absolutely. All right. So um, on Thursday evening, um, this chick named uh Brittany Sacco, I think her name is Brittany. Br- you guys know who I'm talking about. She's a really really pretty girl. She's all over social media, whether it's the the fan do belts, um, you know, putting her own merch out there. I, I got to meet her once. I uh. I think it was last year during WrestleMania weekend. I got to meet her. She's a friendly girl, you know. But she's all over the place. I think you've either seen her on Total Bellas or Total Divas. Uh, You guys know who I'm talking about, right? So she goes on Twitter. And I'm not going to go word for word here. I'm kind of just, you know. I'm giving you guys a glimpse of what she tweeted out. So she kind of tweeted out saying that, you know, this this subject has been on her mind. Saying, um, you know, for a company that she designed for... uh, a certain person in that company kind of came on to her and, you know, she wasn't about it and she kept on, you know, like kind of rubbing it off, rubbing it off. And then she finally became vocal about it and she went to head of company and the response she got was don't make this a me too movement. (laughs) That's rough, man. That's pretty rough, man. That's not, um, not cool at all. Not into it. Um, and it's fucked up. It's fucked up, you know? So this, everybody, right, put two and two together and was like, yo, this is chalk line. <laughs> this is chalk line. The irony of this situation is, and these tweets coming out is, that chalk line, the same exact day, released their women's line. <laughs> mm. So you got like Shayna Baszler jackets, you got a Lita jacket, you got a whole bunch of jackets coming out, right? And listen, you have chalk line jackets, I have chalk line jackets. You know, some of them are have some pretty cool designs, not all of them, but some. And then, yo, they they got some backlash, and uh, you know, they 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 started tagging them and adding them, saying like, oh, uh, you guys want to support women's wrestling and women's revolution, but you guys are, you know. Uh, I forget though the word they were saying, but you know, you guys are not even acknowledging a, a, a female that that are making these all these allegations and stuff. Blah, 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 blah. It's not a, it's not a good look at all. It's not you know not at all. And um, then you have people that are that are supporting Brit, rightfully so. You know the, it, the allegations are strong, and if this did happen, which I have no reason to believe that she's lying about this, it, it's a fucked up situation and. 
And, you know, I, I know that she has a strong support system because she has a very strong following. Now, with that being said, let me tell y'all something. For every one of y'all that are saying that fuck Chalkline and y'all ain't going to wear Chalkline jackets anymore and that y'all ain't going to support Chalkline. And I know some of you don't, you know, don't wear Chalkline and probably never own a jacket. But for those that do, and I catch one of y'all wearing Chalkline jackets, not only am I going to give you a congratulations, but you're going to get blasted on Blue Child Side. We're going to put you on blast. Mm. A lot of y'all are just doing it to be culture vultures and y'all, y'all sheep. I'm not saying that y'all, that y'all scumbags and don't, um, you know, don't care about what happened to her. I'm not saying that. But some of y'all are doing it for retweets and likes and a following. They would Don't never do that. They would never do that, Mario. That's y'all what the, 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 that, the, y'all, y'all want. Y'all want the rub from her, all right? And I'm not saying that a lot of y'all don't feel a certain t- type of way about the situation. I'm not saying that. I'm not even saying that this situation is fake and whatever. I'm not saying that. I think it, it's a fucked up situation. But listen, I have four chalk line jackets. Like, I'm not going to stop wearing them because of this situation. I'm not going to go on Twitter or Instagram or social media saying like, oh, fuck Chalkline, I'm not wearing... Y'all just want it. Y'all want the likes. Y'all want the retweets. Y'all want the attention. I, I, I don't care about that. Listen, when, when all of y'all go right, I'm going to go left because I, I, I'm not about that life. All right? So do I feel bad for the girl? Absolutely. But I'm not going to stop wearing my Chalkline jacket. All right? I'm not going to let some slap dick that works for Chalkline define me as a person you know and i'm not gonna stop wearing my jacket what are you fucking nuts i'm busting my ass i I paid my hard good money for these jackets and look at sam he's wearing his jacket right now Mm -hmm. right so you're you're not gonna burn it sam you're not gonna burn it just to make a make a statement online no i spent 130 dollars on this bullshit man and you know what it's a nice fucking jacket bro it's got my two favorites on here you got eddie guerrero and Rey mysterio and you know what at the end of the day, I do feel for the girl, right? If what she's saying is the truth, man, that fucking sucks. Bro. It, it really does. And you, you know what? I hope that she leaves and finds uh, another company to design for. My, my wife is uh, on the path to becoming a graphic designer, and I'd be furious if somebody was hitting on her and, you know, the company uh, went that route. But at the end of the day, just because one guy said – and did something wrong. I'm not going to just start burning my shit and leaving comments under the company because Chalkline has been around for a very, very long time. This is a company that's been around since the eighties. Okay. So, you know, I'm not going to sit there and just start burning my shit because that's like burning money. Like we were talking about that off the air. Mm-hmm. These idiots that go out and because a player requests a trade and they burn a Jersey, you dumbass, you bought that shit. I had some dumbass friend of mine burn a Yankees hat because they beat the Phillies in the World Series. I said, well, who bought the fucking hat? There you go. Who bought the hat? You did. And guess what? You put money in the motherfucking Yankees pocket to go sign another uh, superstar. So good for you. Go ahead. Burn, burn the hat. You already paid for it. And, and let's not act like a lot of these bigger companies don't have skeletons in their closet, too, and we still wear or support them. Because yeah. you you got to be able to separate the people that work for the company from the actual product. And a lot of people can't do that because, again, they, they want to jump on that. They want to get on that because it's the cool thing to do. Like we were talking off, off the air, when LeBron left Cleveland, everybody burned their jerseys. 
And what, six years later, five or four years later, they had to buy new jerseys again because he was back and got him a ring? Yeah. Yeah, and he got them a ring. Now, give him the whole the whole city of Cleveland gets the congratulations. Exactly. That's so, again, they're doing it just for the likes, for the retweets, for people to to say, "Oh my God, he he's uh, he's uh, part of the cause." At the end of the day, all this Me Too stuff, people pick and choose what they want to get after. Okay, people pick and choose. Again, you you have to believe the the person here saying it because she's the one that went through it, right? But I, I'm talking about the backlash behind it like people yeah, like i have like i said i have no reason to believe that she's lying and like i said we yeah. all agree here if this happened i feel bad for her but even her in one of her tweets she said like i'm not saying stop supporting the brand she no, but, because it, it was it wasn't that chalk line the company said hey nice tits or whatever right it was actually a guy that worked there it was some guy that said that to her but and, and don't get me wrong bro <laughs> don't don't get me don't get me wrong. Chalkline still gets a congratulations because I think they should have put out like a statement or something saying like they they, they didn't handle it correctly. Right? They should have said we're you know looking into the allegations that have been brought to light or whatever. You know, make it make yeah, a corporate they, statement. They, they, they should have done that and they did it. But instead, whoever listen, whoever's running their social media though, they they do the best troll job because what they did was their next post after that. Was um their line their the outsiders the black and white outsiders uh you know uh, shorts and tank top yeah. and you have Scott Hall in the back there like the bad guy <laughs> yeah and here's one thing if you don't want to support Chalkline there's another company called Nerds Clothing yeah and they, they got they, yeah they got a contract with WWE but, AEW and New Japan yeah but, but and they got jackets that are just Sam, as good Samuel, if not better than Chalkline Samuel, so. It, it, it's, it's not about the cancel culture. It's not about canceling chalk line. If you see a jacket that you like, just like anything, if there was, there was a designer at one time that said, you know what, my clothes are not meant for lower income people. What was that, Tommy Hilfiger? And they stopped using it. But that was because he was talking directly to the people. Again, at the end of the day, you go and you see a jacket that you like. You saw that jacket. You like Rey Mysterio. You like Eddie Guerrero. It doesn't matter if if Papa China with COVID-19 is making it. If you like it and it's at the price that you like, you're going to buy it. But that's the truth. But but that's the truth, though. People want (laughs) to put up this front that, oh, no, you know what? Nah, fuck that shit. If you like it, you're going to buy it, regardless of who the hell makes it. You like Jordans, right? You like yeah, iPhones, yeah. right? Go yeah. and look who yeah. makes them. The yeah, actual and person. That to, and that goes back to what Again. I was saying. Let's not act like a lot of these big companies that we, we support or wear or whatever, they don't have, you know, skeletons in their closet, too. It happens. I think, I think Chalkline handled it incorrectly they should have put out a statement they should have said something instead of ignoring it i think that's what they should have done mm-hmm. so they you know they do get a congratulations but at the same time all these fucking followers right no pun that that like oh i'm not gonna wear chalkline anymore i'm gonna ban it like yo yeah you're full of shit man mario because you're gonna see a fucking jacket and you're gonna see a design that you like and guess what you're gonna jump back in it and buy chalkline mario right? don't let a jacket and don't let some <laughs> scumbag that did something wrong define what you like or what you don't like exactly but you said you're still not gonna get a retweet or a follow back either (laughs) but no mario i'm gonna do this retweet and she's gonna see it and see that i stand with her so she's gonna follow me then we're gonna start dming and then we're gonna go out that's what's gonna happen 
they are slap dicks that actually think that like uh, but uh, exactly but again like if you look at it right how much shit has the WWE done in their history and people still go to their shows people still buy their pay-per-views people still buy dirt from a fucking match that they probably got the dirt from a park how many people keep watching Wrestlemania knowing it's trash again like it's wrestling fans as a whole and the worst part is now you bring in this whole cancel culture where, oh, you know what? We're going to boycott uh, uh, these people. What's it? Uh, chalk line. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm dead tired, but you're saying. Chalk but, line. Chalk but line. It, it, chalk it, line. But it pisses me off because they pick and choose who they want to cancel. Absolutely, man. That's a, it's very hypocritical. It's very stupid. And like I said, I'm not saying that a lot of people don't feel that way. That probably are going to choose not to support Chalkline anymore. Then fine, fuck you. We don't need support, you. Or maybe they never supported Chalkline before. Then fuck but, you. We don't need you. Bye bye. Next. But like, like I said, I'm not going to let some slap dick define the jackets that I spend my money on. You know, exactly. I'm not going to stop wearing those jackets. What are you fucking nuts? Look Just at so- Sam. He's wearing his jacket. <laughs> Specifically right. for and this, <laughs> that he bought specifically for this, he's wearing it because he wants to prove a point, which is fine, Sam. Which is good because cancel culture is the worst shit that we can have. Yeah, I'm gonna take it off right now. <laughs> <laughs> what? And like, Sam, and like Sam said, there's always nerds clothing. They're about to drop some <laughs> jackets tomorrow. The dudes from Jersey, so you got support. You know, you got support the home team, and they got some dope jackets. But, like, but, like Sam said, New Japan, AEW, and WWE. He but, has merch from all these different organizations. Exactly, but that's the thing. Again, let's not focus on canceling everybody out or canceling this or canceling that. Just go and support what you like. Again, people are followers. People like to follow. And you know what? If you can't come up with an idea for yourself, then you should follow yourself and jump off a bridge. They're sheep. That's what They're Leo sheep. said. All right, that's it. That was my two cents for today. I'm done. Leo, what you got, man? Yeah, I feel like shit. LosRadio.com at El Pisache. We're doing uh, Mother Day specials. You can actually, if you're in the New York, New Jersey area, you can have a whole uh, pizza, empanadas, and Argentine barbecue that you can cook at home. And I'll give you some tips on how to do it. And you can surprise that mother, that wife, that girlfriend, that boyfriend, whatever you have. Um, And just eat for Mother's Day since a lot of people can't go out next weekend. There you go. That's great. Hey. Thinking ahead, bro. Thinking ahead. That's great shit. That's great. Sam, you need any pizzas? <laughs> Maybe. I'll, I'll, I'll get back to you on that one, man. The pizza game is strong. Let's go, Sam. <laughs> yeah, man. All right. Um, my Instagram shout-out is Queen of the Ring. She's got uh, some some great shit up there. Uh, you want to go check her out. Uh, you can follow me uh, at Sammy Suplex everywhere. And that's about it, man. What's going on, Mario? What you got? All right. Um, over at Lucha Outsiders, Instagram and Facebook, I will be putting the results of our Fantasy Warfare matches from yesterday. I will be posting the new matches tomorrow morning. And you mentioned Queen of the Ring, so I have to point this out. She was actually one of the contestants for uh, the Leroy Climax 2020 at Janela Zone. If you guys have been following that nonsense shenanigans late night, on weekends, so uh, shout-outs to that whole posse, that whole crew. You can follow me at RatedArson87, but make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and that's about it. 
That was my one job. Just hit the button when you guys were ready to go. You're not feeling good, Leo. Huh? Not at all, man. Is this whole is, is this whole quarantine thing like? I don't know if it's Monday, Tuesday, Friday, Thursday. I don't know if it's two in the morning, three in the afternoon. Like last night, I woke up at one o'clock in the morning. I don't know where. Wide awake, looking for a sandwich. Yeah, I fell asleep about three in the morning last night. Yeah, and it's crazy. Yeah. But I, I, I know that we're not the only ones going through all this. I think everybody's going through it. Hey, take it. Today's a nice day. Today's the weekend. Just go outside, man. Get some air. Yeah, I'll be grilling. I'll be grilling for the family. Got some pork chops. You turn off your camera. We just see Samuel Padre. Yeah, I know. We don't see anything, Sam. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I got uh, I got something I got to take care of. All right, we'll take care of it. Um, yeah, and you know what? It, it, and that's the thing, Mario. Like, we had a good show today. My bad, I wasn't on most of it, but no, it's all right, man. Um, if you're not feeling good, you're not feeling good. But but that's the thing. Like this is an outlet for everybody. People that listen to it, people that watch it with us, people that or three of us that do it, you know. And find find what makes you happy and do it, right? Yeah, man. You know what I appreciate today uh, about today's show? That I wasn't on it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I wasn't gonna say that. I actually feel bad that you wasn't on it. Uh, but you know, to make you know us laugh a little bit, I was happy that there wasn't really annoying comments. Yeah. It- yeah, it goes. It goes the good with the bad, you know. But hey, you got a match of the week? You got anything we can watch on the network? Uh, match of the week. Uh, you know what? Watch the main event from Impact Wrestling this week. Uh, okay. Moose, Michael Elgin. You're on. Go. Friendly All up. right, for Sammy Suplex. Yeah. Go, man, Leo. Yeah. You're truly Mr. Rated R. Yeah. Keep it rated on the stage too sweet.